Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. Today my guest is Ray Parker, who's a bass player, originally from Toledo, Ohio, but now lives in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, his father, Gene Parker, was a, a sought-after multi-instrumentalist and educator. It still and is. Still is in the Toledo, Detroit, Cleveland area. And Ray was uh, gigging regularly by his senior year in high school. He's lived and played in Toledo, Cleveland, Boston, and New York City. He's been the artist in residence at Luther College in Decorah, Iowa, not too far from me, uh, and with the Unified Jazz Ensemble. ensemble. And he's um, played with uh, lots of luminaries like uh, Dizzy Gillespie, uh, Diego Ercola, Eric Lewis, Bobby McFerrin, Jimmy Cobb, um, Nick Brignola, Tom Harrell. Um, oh, there are just many, many of them. Um, the, the three Irish tenors, the artist Shaw Orchestra, and the Glenn Miller Orchestra. And Ray has had some lessons in the Alexander Technique, and we're going to talk today a little bit about his uh, experiences with that. Ray, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Well, it's good to talk to you. Uh, I should say that I originally was introduced to Ray via a YouTube video that he uh, put out a few a few days ago. And I thought it would be interesting if we did a podcast interview. So, Ray, um, before we get into your own experiences with the technique, could you um, could you give your uh, elevator uh, conversation answer to the question, what is the Alexander Technique? Yeah, I mean, what I tell people shortly is that it really can't be described well uh, in a sentence or a paragraph or two. But, you know, in short, um, what it is, is, is just studying how, um, how you use yourself basically. Um, and, and how to improve it. it, Well, yeah, I mean, figuring out what we're doing wrong. We're, we're creatures that are built to be active and we're sedentary by, you know, uh, by habit now. (laughs) And so learning how to deal with that. And then further on, it kind of reincorporates mind and body where you're not separating the two things out. And eventually can take you to places that yoga purports to take you, you know, sort of a deep uh, or easy meditative state and all those sorts of things. So, you know, at the, at the very minimum, it's kind of straightening out what you're doing wrong to cause whatever pain you're having. But if you really follow through with it, it uh, can be really a sort of a life-changing thing. Right. And uh, what caused you to uh, have Alexander lessons originally? Well, I, I had come down with some tendonitis in my left wrist, and uh, and it, it was actually so bad I couldn't figure out where in my arm the problem was because I was getting throbbing from like your first knuckles, like your fist knuckles, all the way up to my uh, elbow. And after I'd play, that my whole arm would just be throbbing for a couple of days. And uh, and so, yeah, at that point, if you're a full-time musician and you can't play, you, uh, you have to explore some possibilities mm-hmm. so you you were were you in new york city when that happened 
it it had been starting before that. So I moved to New York about a year, year and a half later than I intended to, um, uh, which is actually where the whole journey started because I realized I was playing with tension, and um, and so I was trying to get rid of that tension on my own and trying to uh, figure out. Yeah, I mean, basically, I was self-diagnosing and trying to invent the Alexander technique myself in a certain way, um, not very successfully. And so you you at some point found an Alexander teacher and had a few lessons, is that correct? Yeah, well, I thought I had myself pretty well straightened out, and then I moved to New York, and um, I don't know, probably, you know, the tension and the excitement of being here, plus, you know, it's, it's just a lot to take in when you first move here. Um, just a lot of input, noise input, and up and down stairs, and this and that. It's, it's just uh, it's a little mind-numbing that way. And so uh, probably a combination of that and me worrying more about playing than trying to relax while I was playing, stuff like that, I ended up my hand in worse shape than it had ever been before I came. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I do some computer programming, too. So you know, I fell into some computer work just to make money. And... Uh, and got some, you know, I had some health insurance while I was there, and I went in um, to physical therapy, and they're doing the, they put the electrodes on with the whatever they're, you know, and the exercises and all that, and very mild success. It really didn't help a lot, and I was talking to a bass player friend of mine, and he suggested that I go check out Alexander Technique uh, with a particular teacher who had a reputation for working with musicians, and so I did, and here I am. Mm-hmm. So what was uh, what ha- changed over the, you? I think you mentioned earlier before we started the interview that you only had a few lessons, right? Three or four lessons, uh, something like that? Four, it could have been five, but I think it was just four lessons. Right, and, and what changes came about in your playing because from those lessons? Oh, just everything. Um, uh, I, you know, it, it's. I mean, music's something you're always working on if you're if you're honest about it. And, you know, you know, some people get reach an age and they just kind of do what they do. But I've never been that way. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, it, what I'm saying is, it's hard to say what Alexander did, what it didn't, or what it allowed me to do through practice and working on other things. You know, it's all. It's. I mean, it really becomes part of your whole existence. So, you know, you can you can blame your bass playing on a hostess muffin, I suppose. But um, you know, drawing the exact line on a flowchart would be tough. Right. Well, for the the tendonitis. Um, well, yeah, that's gone. Gone. I'm, that I, yeah. I can play. Yeah, acoustically, I can. You know, which is very physical. I can play ten, twelve hour days um, with no no effort no thought i mean you're tired of course at the end of the day but you know it's not um the tendonitis thing is not a consideration anymore that's long in my past although i will say the the where the the tendonite damage is one of the little ones that holds your wrist together mm-hmm. so if you're like put your thumb up like you're hitchhiking and you know and that tendon sticks up if you stick your finger up underneath there um that's the one that I damaged. And so once you damage a tendon, it's permanently damaged. And so what will happen if I'm playing really hard or sometimes just kind of at random, um, there's a couple of bones that will kind of, they're supposed to be one way, but they can go the other way too, not properly. Mm-hmm. And I can feel that something's a little tight in my wrist, so I rub it out. I might be able to do it right now. I'm going to do it near the speaker. 
no, it's in the right spot now. But, you know, it, it'll feel a little tight or weird. And I rub it out and it kind of clicks and then I'm fine. So, you know, that tendon's kind of permanently stretched, you know. So if I've been moving equipment around or this or that, or maybe I did uh, dig in a little bit too hard with my left hand, I can knock that out of place. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't hurt or anything. It just feels a little tight and strange. And I rub it out, and you know, just like in one second or one or two seconds, I rub it out and click, it pops and into place and i might not think about it again uh, but think about it again for another couple of months or something right but uh, when you talk about long days of playing i assume you're standing up that whole time oh yeah yeah so and i'm lazy i tell people it's because i'm lazy because i like to sit down on the break right and (laughs) but standing up for long periods of time can be a real challenge for a lot of people was it tricky for you to do that before taking lessons i've pretty much always stood and played um Mm -hmm. and uh and uh tricky no i I think it's it's less you know the thing is there are there are a lot of bass players that play sitting on a stool and uh they usually have more physical problems than anybody else because you're kind of locked into the stationary position and you're trying to move around a large instrument but you can't really move your body in relation to that you know i mean so you know they tend to have a lot of like you know back back issues and and tendonitis issues and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i think because they're in a fixed position and when you're standing um you can move around a lot Mm -hmm. keep yourself comfortable you're not locked into anything and do do you feel that um in any way though the work has made you a better musician Oh yeah, definitely. You know, when I was uh, earlier, I think uh, I was talking about like you know being in that meditative state or whatever, or we call it the zone in sports or music. But uh, that's where you really are able to, um, I mean, not only let go of things physically, but eventually emotionally and stuff like that, to where you're really a witness to what you're doing. And uh, when you get your own your own ego and your own uh, feeling a self-value out of the way you outperform what you could have ever done had you tried the idea is here you're not trying anymore you just play mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you had mentioned again before we started the interview that uh, uh, an activity as simple as walking became quite different for you after taking alexander lessons yeah um i mean walking standing sitting yeah yeah and uh you know and Honestly, in some, I think I want to throw in here too, um, is I do a lot of things that an Alexander teacher or somebody just studying it might look at you and say, man, you're doing that totally wrong. Like I'll sit kind of cross-legged in a chair with my elbows on a desk typing into the computer and stuff like that, which to somebody else, you know, you know, doesn't, you know, follow the classic, you know, sit up and have your balance and all this. But, you know, for me, it's totally comfortable. And in my personal definition of Alexander, that's what works. You know, I mean, if you're, if you're not tense, if you're not locked up, if you're not tight, you know, if things aren't bothering you, um, that's fine. But you can see, you can put me sitting, quote unquote, properly in a chair with a lowered uh, keyboard slide under your desk and all that. And I'm in agony in about five minutes. It's just my arms are burning and tired. And, you know, I mean, so, um, you know, so. I think a lot of what I think about Alexander is, you know, if it's working for you, let it work for you. And if something's wrong, then go ahead and fix it. And uh, when I was walking, uh, one time I was on my way home, nearly home, and thinking about all this stuff. I think this is probably why I was still taking lessons. 
um, all of a sudden I noticed I, I got into a, a mode of walking and I, I almost couldn't walk without tripping over things and I was walking about 30 miles an hour but it, it took no effort and um, and it was the same experience the, the first experience I had was what I talked about in the video where I unlocked my knees unlocked my hips and all of a sudden you're standing around kind of noodly and you're uh, just kind of moving all over the place because you're balanced instead of fixed mm -hmm. it was a similar experience with walking and I walked right past my apartment and kept going for about an hour or something trying to figure out what I was doing to cause this to happen and um, what I eventually figured out is that I was I was kind of broadcasting my center of gravity ahead of me by a couple of feet and the way I could describe it is to tie a string with a pendulum on your nose and if you were to lean forward just slightly that pendulum swings out And if that were to represent your center of gravity um, that would be the picture that kind of made sense to me and uh, so what I ended up being was in a controlled fall rather than pushing myself down the street mm-hmm yeah yeah, yeah. that and makes that, sense that kind of set me off on what I talked about in that video too about using the weight of the bass to help play it rather than try to get rid of the weight of the bass and then play it um, I don't know I didn't put in th those exact words but that I, that's what I was talking about is so in instead of having to propel your own weight down the street you use your weight to propel you down the street yeah. and, um, if that makes sense yeah absolutely and so it sounds to me it sounds like you took what you needed from the lessons you had and didn't get locked into any uh, set of things that you had to do to to be an yeah. Alexander student. And honestly, in my reading, what I've been told about Alexander before I ever got into it was what attracted me to it. You know, this was nuts and bolts, no, no pomp and circumstance and ritual. And, you know, I mean, you didn't need special clothes. You didn't have to do this. You didn't mm -hmm. have to go to the, to the, uh, to the church every week or whatever it was um, in order to solve this. You know, it's like, you know, Alexander was this guy. He was having problems with his voice. He says, okay, let's fix the problem, bam, and so I can get on to my acting. You know, that that seemed to be what I'd read about him was with the way he was. And uh, and that's so I go, this is perfect for me because this is exactly the way I like to think. I'm kind of um, mechanical engineering by nature. And I, you know, I think of things in those terms. Okay, well, if I can fix what I'm doing wrong, then we'll go on. But what I was really surprised about was um, actually all the cooler stuff that you get once the physical stuff is, you know, any, you know, like any habit you can fix in two weeks um, is the average, I think. Um, so, you know, all the physical stuff was pretty quick to fix. I mean, after a year of physical therapy that didn't do much, after about three weeks of the Alexander lessons, I, had, I was making marked improvement immediately you know what i mean mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. uh, but you know so um so yeah the physical stuff you always think about and is this kind of a running thread that's always there you know it's like you're standing there in line at the store or something you go oh okay yeah my heels were starting to hurt because i was standing like an idiot um <clears throat> but the the stuff that i i really got excited about was everything that was after that the uh i i used before we were talking i used the phrase quickening of the mind um but, you know, that what that is and how to achieve that and, and you know, the reintegration of mind and body and you know, all that, that's that's the stuff that really, I, th I think, was the greatest, uh, greatest find for me in the Alexander thing. Mm -hmm. So what would you, uh, if a musician that you 
knew what was complaining about pain or fatigue or whatever, would you would you just say, hey, go find an Alexander teacher and have some lessons? Is that would that see advice you would give them? Well, usually I'll give them the um, I'll, I'll give them the elevator speech, and if they're still kind of interested, um, maybe I'll hook up with them later or. You know, since you can't smoke indoors anymore, we'll be out on the front sidewalk having a cigarette. And while we're standing there, I'll kind of give them more of the demonstration that I described to you earlier. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, you know, about my lessons and how, you know, the first, you know, the not locking your knees thing and all that, you know. And, and what I'll do with bass players especially, because, you know, we have our left hand up around or over our head most of the time, is I'll, I'll have them purposely not lock their knees, lock their hips you know, do everything wrong, maybe to an exaggeration, and have them lift their hand over their head, which weighs a thousand pounds at that point, have them move their fingers. And then I'll have them do everything, loosen your knees, put your weight evenly on your feet, you know, loosen your hips, blah, blah, blah. Now lift your hand, which is almost like it's full of helium or something. Mm-hmm. I'll say, now move your fingers. Mm-hmm. I go, there, there's, I mean, that's the probably the best demonstration I give for the physical thing is that and uh, and I said wait now now that you understand that if that seems to be something you could work with you know here's here's a teacher's number you know mm-hmm. great is there anything you we haven't covered that you want to mention before we come to an end well I, I if you wouldn't mind you know the the focus and concentration thing mm-hmm. if I can describe that as quickly as I can sure um because uh, this is this is the this is kind of the uh, the the off ramp or the on ramp onto that whole thing that excites me about it is um, concentration as we're taught it. Um, I don't know if this is cultural, if it's peculiar to the West or you know whatever it is, but you know we're we're taught to concentrate in exclusion of everything else, and that's an exhausting thing and something that nobody can maintain for very long. And actually, you, you get not only physically but mentally tight while you're trying to do that and that's not a good place to work from um you know you end up spending more time trying to concentrate than what you're doing and instead i i use i like to use the word focus and and the idea being that you focus on something i mean the way i practiced this was to um I, w- I, w- I was doing long tones on the bass, which is really simple to do. So you're not, there's not too many distractions, you know, with the bow and things. And while I was doing that, it was the middle of summer. It was hot. I had the fan on. I had the windows open in Brooklyn. I'd have the AM radio on. I had a couple of cats that were causing trouble in the house and all that. And I would I would just stand there literally for a long time, hours, while I was doing this practicing and uh, try to see how many things I could keep track of at the same time without getting upset by it. And, um, you know, and eventually your, your, your sphere gets bigger and bigger and bigger of what you're able to do. And, um, and when you really start getting good at that, you, you find that you actually have sort of stepped out of yourself and you become a witness to what you're doing, yourself being one of the things that are in your sphere of focus. Now, to do that, um, you know, it's, I think it's, for me, it's still, I still do it this way. I'll pick a focal point and put everything in relation to that focal point. So being a musician, I'll pick the groove or the time feel, whatever that we're playing, and that'll be the center of my universe. And um, and then I just I just I just kind of let loose and just stand back and watch the world go by and everything that's happening, including my own playing. And uh, and then bam, you're in the zone at that point. 
Mm-hmm. And um, things like if the drummer is speeding up or slowing down, um, you can kind of you, you can bring them back to where it's supposed to be without effort or fighting it or anything like that. If somebody goes to the wrong part of the tune, on the very next beat you're right with them. You don't freak out, and you know. And so mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. was what I didn't expect to get out of Alexander, and what I did get. So. And that that I. I would. I'm not a musician myself, but I imagine that ability, that kind of ability, is really important for the kind of music you play, which is which is jazz, right? Primarily. Yeah, but you know, it, it's not. You know, the thing is, I don't think it's just music. I mean, if you're a waitress in a busy place, if you're a manager, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. floor manager in a warehouse, and you got thirty people running every directions, and trucks are late, and this is, you know, you know, whatever is happening, right. You, you can get into that space and take it all in stride and not freak out about any of it. Right. So uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a valuable tool for anyone, but I think for a musician, especially in the kind of music you play, it's particularly valuable. Well, yeah. Right? It's a, yeah. It's a, you know, jazz is, I mean, you have a very simple framework that you work from. You have a song, a set of changes, and then after that, it's really all improvised around that. So, you know, yeah, definitely. You know, in, in some classical music and stuff like that, you, you know what everybody's going to be playing, so that reduces a lot of what might, what might surprise you. Right. Um, but when you're playing jazz, everything, if it's a good performance, should be kind of a surprise, you know. So, And right. you want to you be in a place where that uh, enhances your experience rather than upsetting you. Okay, so I think this might be a good place to bring our conversation to a close. Uh, my my guest today has been Ray Parker, who's a, a bass player living now in New York City. I will put a link to his website by the interview. Uh, he does, uh, I believe, Ray, you do a Skype lessons in yeah, I, I, bass. Locally, I teach in person, but um, I've uh, signed up with a thing called LessonFace.com. Right. Which is where you saw those videos. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so now I'm uh, teaching worldwide. So if you, if anything about our conversation intrigues you, uh, and you live in the New York area, you can um, you can meet him in person. And if you live anywhere else in the world and you want to study with him, uh, he, you can find all that information out uh, how to do that from his his uh, website. So Ray, just, yeah. a quick question while you're getting away here. Um, is there a resource you know, for special ah. groups of people like musicians? or? Yes, or I'm glad you mentioned that. Teacher, I, yeah. I will also put by the interview a link to a website that um, will connect you with just about any aspect of the Alexander Technique. There's a whole section for musicians. And I, it will also enable you to find an Alexander Technique teacher anywhere in the world. So that will be taken care of also by the interview. So, Ray, thank you so much for doing this. Well, thank you for having me again. So. <laughs>